Hello, neighbor. Welcome back to Copper Mountain Mesa and our podcast, Mojave Memories, readings from books and essays written by Annalise Cooper. She will be reading chapter one from her book, Memory Dam. This chapter covers her time before moving to Copper Mountain Mesa and the events leading up to that decision. We're still working on a sponsor. So in the meantime, enjoy. I arrived in Palm Desert from the Netherlands on June 23rd, 1982, with my first husband, Jacques. We were transferred to California by the Marriott Corporation, but only Jacques received a work permit. I was not allowed to work in the U.S. until I received my resident alien status several years later. Jacques and I first met at the Amsterdam Marriott in 1976 when we were both working catering. During our relationship, we traveled extensively, including a 4,500-mile trip through Europe on 10-speed bicycles. We also lived in South Africa for three years, and right before our transfer to California, Jacques and I were living in Baden, a village just outside Amsterdam in the Netherlands. I met my second husband, Dirk, at the Red Onion in Palm Desert a week before Independence Day in 1985. He was a tall, fit blonde with green eyes. I was sitting at the bar when he stepped in beside me and ordered a beer. Who cuts your hair, I asked him. It's gorgeous. He handed me a business card from his wallet. He looked vaguely familiar. You look very Aryan, I observed. I'm a Scorpio, he replied. We danced to Wham's careless whisper. Later I found out he never danced, ever. He drove a Camaro. Three years later we had a son, Eric. On January 2nd, 1990, I started writing Kenya Cowgirl. I was living in Palm Desert with Eric, who was not quite two years old and took up all my attention during the day, so I would wake up around 2 a.m. and write until the household woke up, calling me away to take care of the day. My stories were about the adventures of Helen Bonsma growing up in the wilds of East Africa, a pretty autobiographical account of my own childhood in Kenya. It took me three months to write, and then the editing and revising began. Exactly one year later, on January 2nd, 1991, I started writing the sequel, Stay Well, Kenya Cowgirl, which also took about three months to write. In April of 1991, my mum came to stay for a month, and things were not as cosy as usual. I was furious at her, but I couldn't understand why and felt terribly guilty and mean. I started going to therapy because I was worried about myself. I was angry and drinking way too much. On June 5th, 1991, at the age of 35, I began to remember parts of my past. Up until that point, when people asked me how it was growing up in Kenya, I would trill something like, oh, absolutely fabulous, like growing up in paradise. This was true, but I had firmly locked away all the not-so-fabulous memories in a holding cell. For most of my life, whenever a horrible memory threatened to pop, I medicated myself with drugs and or alcohol. 
Writing those two books helped to get things moving, but then so many memories began to flood my consciousness that I started to think I was going insane. I began to have terrible, shadowy nightmares of horrible things that made no sense. I had frequent tempestuous outbursts and terrible anxiety. A friend recommended a therapist. I made an appointment. Her name was Melanie, and she wasn't in this to win a popularity contest. Her mirror reflected truth. I began to talk, and I saw her twice a week. It was hard. She wouldn't let me la-la-la and flibberty-gibbet my way around the giant black holes in the story of my childhood. Actress and comedienne Roseanne Barr had recently started publicly talking about her abusive childhood. I mentioned this to Melanie, telling her I'd never heard of parents doing such disgusting things to their own children. Melanie asked me what I thought about the memories I had shared with her about odd moments with my own parents. After I discussed these incidents briefly with Melanie, I drove myself home. I remember sitting in my extremely messy, disorganized Palm Desert office on that hot June afternoon in 1991, drinking a beer, smoking a bong, waiting for the pills to kick in. Holding my head and rubbing my eyes, I tried to make the repeating visions in my head get the fuck out. My memory dam finally popped and overflowed that afternoon, like a giant river of bloody pus. I cried for 10 days. I kept crying long after my tears dried up. Memories fell over themselves trying to be next in the line of remembrance. It took me years to remember everything in detail. But basically my dad, who turned out not to be my biological father, began to molest me when I was nine months old. A terrible reality that somehow my mother knew about, yet chose not to protect me from, and which filled me with helpless rage. I kept going to therapy, telling Melanie all about my crazy brain, asking how all this could possibly be true. I felt like I was going insane, something I had feared my whole life. At the same time, I was filled with manic energy, which aided in completing Stay Well, Kenya Cowgirl. I was on such a creative high while all these memories were flooding in that I started writing letters to my dead dad, imagining how I would slowly kill him, all the while writing children's stories and poetry. After receiving over 60 rejections from a variety of publishers, I decided to self-publish my first book, Kenya Cowgirl. I had big dreams and I was absolutely driven to manifest this incredible energy I was experiencing. I was also drinking heavily and taking Fioranol, a particularly euphoric pain medication prescribed by my dentist. I formed a publishing company, which I still have, Uhuru International. Uhuru means independence in Swahili. And with the help of many people, 
the artwork was completed, the text edited, the pages printed, and Kenya Cowgirl was published on September 23, 1991. I had 5,000 copies printed. Walden Books in Palm Desert and Brentano's in Palm Springs stocked my book and let me do signings. I did a few radio and television interviews, sold a few books, but it all just sort of quietly never happened for me, and I watched my dream fizzle out and lose momentum. I realized I was not going to be a best-selling author or a famous actor or any of the other things I had dreamed of being. I was just a crazy delusional nut job who would never amount to much of anything. As I grew crazier, or should I say, as I continued to shed the layers of lies and secrets, my marriage began to fall apart. I stopped being mindlessly, unquestioningly obedient to my husband. I began to ask questions and voice ideas, and it was not appreciated. By the end of 1992, we finished spending the last of the $320,000 inheritance from my dad. We were forced to sell Dirk's brand new, fully equipped 23-foot deep sea fishing boat and quit our lavish lifestyle. My beloved husband, man of my dreams and father of my son, did not know what to do with me and firmly believed that I had indeed gone completely mad. That was a great reading. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. I have to blow my nose. What, Go ahead, blow your do nose. I, did I bring yeah, my I'm tissue? Gonna, I, I have put my, pop my head in here. Do I have a <laughs> tissue? Okay, help. Uh, There's COVID. Uh, I get it right now. <laughs> yeah. So am I. <laughs> if, you, if, if the readers could see the little um, oh, no tent kidding. we have created right. to do our We might have to take a picture. It would be adorable. Of it. That was a great reading. Thank you, Annalise. Thank you. Thank you. That, I, uh, that was hard. <laughs> I was so focused on the reading, I really wasn't thinking of any questions to ask you. I'd like to know more about growing up in Kenya. It sounds like it was pretty extraordinary. Well, it was. And um, I did write about growing up in Kenya in both of, of my Kenya Cowgirl books, Kenya Cowgirl and Stay when, Well, Kenya Cowgirl. And there are some extraordinary scenes. And seeing as I wrote the book before I remembered all the shitty parts, um, it's full of wonder and excitement and adventure and stuff. So I do sometimes think that, you know, maybe we should do some chapters of Memory Dam and then, like, I'll do a couple of chapters out of Kenya Cowgirl. Would it be okay to do two books at once? Would that be our, would that be confusing to our listeners? I don't know. We'll think about that. We will think we'll about think it, about yeah. That. Yes. Yeah. So today it's just blowing out there. In oh, Joshua the wind. Tree. Yeah. And it came up so suddenly. I know. And it just Was drives... Unexpected. No, I don't think so. And it just drives me crazy. It puts me so on edge, makes me so nervous and anxious. And so it was really nice being with you today and reading this book. And um, thanks to all the listeners. And thanks for listening, you guys. Apparently you've been listening to the first episode and we really appreciate it. So coming at you with lots of sand and sunlight, Catel and I say until next time, stay well, neighbors. Mm-hmm.